Well with my soul is our series. And we've been talking about how a well figured so prominently in Bible days, you know, because a lot of the stories took place in the wilderness and it was so vital for just life's existence to have a well, to know where a well was and especially for flocks and, and taking care of a community. And so there was certainly a physical purpose to having a well, but in the Bible, there also seems to be a spiritual meaning behind these wells. You, you think of the different stories with the well, the woman at the well, and how significant that was. So there were literal wells, but they always had a sense of meaning behind them. And in a play on words, I want to ask you, do you want it to be well with your soul? See, life is such a challenge and a struggle. It can be difficult to care for the well-being of our soul However, if it is well with your soul, you'll be able to face and manage and overcome hardships, trials, and any tribulation if you're well in your soul. But I believe many of us are weary and wounded in our souls, especially this this past crazy year. So much has gone on. And that weariness and that woundedness in our soul is affecting other areas of our lives, even our relationships as well. And so it's important that we care for our soul. It's important to understand how to care for our soul. Another thing that troubles our soul is conflict and contention, strife. Those kind of things will, will hurt and weary our soul as well. And we see this in the life of Isaac. We talked about how the Philistines envied his prosperity and the blessings of the Lord in Isaac's life and They not only forced him to move away, they also stopped up all the wells that Abraham, Isaac's father, had dug over the years. You know, sadly, some people will work against you and your hopes and dreams. They will get in the way. They will attempt to stop up the wells in your life that give you strength, encouragement, and refreshing. And as I mentioned last week, often it is out of envy and jealousy and spite. We all have well stoppers in our lives. People that get in the way of the wellness of our soul. And so I want to share with you today how we deal with the well stoppers in our lives and what to do about it. And this is where we pick up our continuing story with Isaac and his wells. Genesis 26 verse 17. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died, and he gave them the same names his father had given them. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen and said, The water is ours. So he named the well Essek because they disputed with him. Then they dug another well, but they quarreled over that one also, so he named it Sitna. He moved on from there and dug another well, and no one quarreled over it. He named it Rehoboth, saying, Now the Lord has given us room, and we will flourish in the land. Since the Philistines stopped up all the wells that Abraham, Isaac's father, had dug, Isaac sought to dig new wells of his own. Now remember, it was very physically demanding and time-consuming to dig a new well. Wells were excavated with special tools used to dig through solid limestone rock. Sometimes they even 
built stairs into them so you could go down into the well. In addition, there was often a large heavy stone placed over the opening of the well and it took more than one person to get that stone open and open the well. And we see this later on in the life of Jacob, a son of Isaac. Look at Genesis 29, verses 1 through 3. Then Jacob continued on his journey and came to the land of the eastern peoples. And there he saw a well in the field with three flocks of sheep lying near it because the flocks were watered from that well. And the stone over the mouth of the well was large. When all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone away from the well's mouth and water the sheep. And then they would return the stone to its place over the mouth of the well. And so not only was the well difficult to construct, one would not always find water. So you might have to dig several times before you finally struck water. In verse 19 of our text, it said that Isaac and his servants dug in the valley and they hit water. They discovered a well of fresh water. And after having all of his father's wells plugged up previously by the Philistines, Isaac and his men had moved to another place and and dug their own new fresh well. It was their well. However, these other herdsmen tried to claim it as their own. Even though Isaac had done all the work and all the digging, they said, the water belongs to us. The well may belong to you, but the water belongs to us. How many of you know a well's worthless without water? Isaac had already given up all of his father's well, and his men had done all the dirty work. They had no right to claim this well as their own, but they did. They quarreled with Isaac. It got tense. There was strife. And they went against Isaac's men over the water rights of this well. Now, wells were so vital and so significant in those days, they were often given names. You would, you would be able to make your trip by different names of the wells. And because of the conflict and the quarreling and the contention, Isaac named this particular well Essek, which means, number one, the well of dispute. We're going to talk about three different kinds of wells today. The well of dispute. Here's the difficult reality. There will be times of conflict, quarreling, contention, and strife in our lives. We may want and try to avoid it, but it simply is a certainty in a fallen world, isn't it? But not only in the world, but sadly it is sometimes a fact in the church as well that there will be strife and contention. You know, some people just seem to thrive on conflict. They love to argue. They love to fight. And some will argue over anything and everything. And often we argue and quarrel over the most inconsequential things. You know, we really need to ask ourselves, is it worth it? Is this a big enough hill to die on? We die on too many small hills. Is it really worth it? The Bible cautions us against quarreling. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant, that's what we are, all of us, must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach and not resentful. You know, it's a lot easier to quarrel than to be kind, especially if somebody's taking your well from you. Stupid arguments. How many times... Have we had stupid arguments in our marriages, fought over the dumbest things? You know, you can win the argument and lose the relationship. 
little at a time. Remember my message on envy last week. James chapter 4 verses 1 through 3 talks about how envy leads to strife. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Remember, envy and jealousy is all about wanting what we can't have or what someone else has. And sometimes we try to make this happen. We take it out on the people that have what we want instead of going to God. God's the source of all good gifts. And so if we want something, we should go to God. And we should leave it with the Lord because, you know what, He'll judge our motives. He'll know why we're asking for those things, which is probably why we don't go to God all the time. Because He knows. But notice how jealousy and envy lead to quarrels and disputes. You know, if you're digging a well in your life, if you're trying to work on yourself, you're trying to take care of your soul, If you want the favor and blessings of the Lord, don't quarrel over stupid things. Don't let strife get in the way of caring for your soul. Because strife will bring sorrow to your soul. It will damage your well-being. And so when someone wants to quarrel, we have a choice. We can fight right back and defend what's ours or we can walk away. Is it really worth the war over nothing? Sometimes we just need to let it go and go dig another well. If you come up against conflict and contention, just dig another well someplace else. That's exactly what Isaac did. Though he had every right to fight for this well, he dug it. He did the hard work. He struck water. He had every right to fight for this. He decided to just let it go and go to another place. And once again, he struck water. And once again, he faced opposition. In our text, they dug another well, but there was quarreling over that one as well. So he named it Sitna. Sitna is number two, the well of opposition. The word Sitna in the Hebrew means opposition. It means accusation, hostility, and enmity. In fact, sitna shares the same root word in Hebrew as the word for Satan. Sitna and Satan come from the same root Hebrew word because Satan is the accuser. He is the one who opposes us. Many of the struggles in our life aren't the people in front of us, but Satan behind them. And we need to realize this. We will not have victory in our life unless we're willing to do some spiritual warfare. Because the battle is in the heavenlies. It's not against flesh and blood, but the, against the principalities and powers of the air, the, dark, the darkness. So Satan, we know, is the one who comes against us. And we see this in the Old Testament. Zechariah 3.1 Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. Both words there. Satan and accuse. Sitna. So we see that Satan has always been the accuser. Even from Old Testament times. 
We also see this in the New Testament as well. Revelations chapter 12 verse 10 is speaking of Satan. It says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. That's what Satan does. He accuses you and me before God. He brings opposition in our life. He uses people to bring false accusations against us. Now I want to share something that we may not always understand. See, sometimes we are mistaken. We surmise that if we're doing the will of God, it will always be smooth sailing. We're conditioned to think that, that if it's the will of God, it's going to be easy. But I've found that most times the will of God is the hardest thing. But we begin to doubt sometimes that we're in the will of God because things are going wrong. There's hardship. There's strife. There's things that oppose us. But the reality is, is the will of God and opposition often go hand in hand. See, the reality is that following God's plan and direction for our lives will bring opposition. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 7 through 9. I love this scripture. It jumped out at me when I was reading my, my devotions. You know, I've read through the Bible multiple times. I've read through 1 Corinthians, I don't know how many times. But what I love about the Bible is it's always fresh and alive. You can read that through five, ten times and you start reading it again. And if your heart is in the right place, God will speak to you fresh and anew again. And this spoke to me at a time when I needed it. And often I will highlight it in my Bible, put a date down so I won't forget. Because this was a time when I was facing some opposition and struggling with the will of God until this scripture brought hope to my heart. Paul says, I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. He was going to come to visit the church in Corinth. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost. Verse 9 is the key. Because a great door for effective work has opened to me and there are many who oppose me. That just struck me. I, 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 Lord, what's all this opposition about? I'm ready to give up. But I realize that opportunity and opposition often go hand in hand. The greater the opportunity, the greater the opposition. The devil does not want you to succeed in God's will for your life. God has great plans for your life that Satan wants to frustrate. And so he will frustrate us. He'll discourage us. But Paul had this great opportunity, but he knew there was also a struggle. There would be resistance. The door would be open, but there would be trouble on the other side of the door as well. Satan will oppose us when we seek to do the will of God. The more committed you are, to obeying God and serving God, the more difficult it can be. You know, sometimes we're just, we're just living our own lives. We're not bothering anybody, you know what I'm saying? Minding our own business, and yet people and, and situations seem to come against us. That's where Isaac was at, man. He had done all the dirty work. He had done all the digging. Not one well, but two wells. And his enemies wanted the benefit of his blessing without the investment and sacrifice. We need to resist the temptation to want things always done the easy way. I'll be honest, I I would prefer the easy way. Glory to God, I'll take the shortcut. 
but rarely is the easy way God's way. That's so frustrating. I'm just being real. But we need to avoid the desire to expect someone else to do the hard work for us. God calls upon us to do the work. Beware of expecting blessings without any sacrifice. I believe God wants to bless us, but it often requires a sacrifice on our part. Blessings are the result of obedience. The favor of the Lord comes when we're willing to do His will, no matter what it is. Now, we know that our salvation is a free gift. We cannot earn it. We cannot work for it. We're coming into the Easter season. We realize that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ is the only way we can be saved, by grace, through our faith, in the precious blood of Jesus. So we know that our salvation is a free gift to us. It costs God everything, but it's free to us. So we can't work to earn our salvation. It's a free gift. But we still have the responsibility to work it out. Look at Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So we can't work for our salvation But we must work out our salvation. God gives us this free gift and he says, now go work on it. Go work it out in your life. Because God works in us and through us. Life is hard. And very little comes easily. But what you put into it is often what you get out of it. Especially in your relationship with God. It requires investment. It requires sacrifice. Any relationship does. But especially our relationship with the Lord. What are we willing to invest to know God? To walk with Him in His will? We can't wait around and expect someone else to dig a well for us. We ought to dig our own wells. Each and every one of us individually have to work out our own salvation. Notice it doesn't say work out someone else's salvation. We're pretty busy doing that, trying to work out everybody else's salvation. Well, they got this problem, this issue. You know, if they'd only do this, they'd have a better life. But God doesn't tell us to work out anyone else's salvation. He tells us to work on our own. You know, if we are working on it and we face opposition, as you pursue the will of God for your life, just dig another well. After digging two wells, Isaac is undeterred and he digs a third well. This is, number three, the well of room. It says he moved on. Once you know, sometimes we're going to have to move on from where we're at. We're stuck. We dug two wells, we're done. But it says that Isaac didn't quit. He just moved on. And he dug another well. And he named it Rehoboth, which means room or spaciousness Wide open spaces or to enlarge. So he names this well that it's, it's a wide open space for us now. God is enlarging our territory and making us flourish. We see the same word, Rehoboth, the same root word in Isaiah. Listen to this and claim its promise for you. Whatever you're going through in your life, any kind of barrenness, any kind of difficulty... This promise is for you. Isaiah 54 verse 1. Sing, O barren woman, 
You who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy. You who were never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than her who has a husband, says the Lord. Here's the word, verse 2. Enlarge, Rehoboth, the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. What a promise. Did you catch it though? It says to the barren woman, rejoice. Now if you're barren, why would you rejoice? You're rejoicing not because you're barren. You're rejoicing because you will not always be barren. That God has a promise that you're going to flourish in the land. And so whatever is coming against you, whatever is stifling you, whatever opposition you are facing, I want to encourage you to make this claim and rejoice in the Lord before it even happens. Because God is the God who calls things that are not as though they are. And we need to see it that way as well. We need to start praising Him for the answer even before it comes. That stirs up faith in us. And you know what? You need to stretch your tent stakes wide. Make preparation for the blessing. Make preparation for God's favor in your life. Because when we take these steps of faith, it blesses God. And He loves to come to our defense. When we have faith in Him. Because God wants to give you room to flourish. He does not want to stifle you. He does not want to quench you. There are those that do. But God is greater. He wants to bless you with wide open spaces. So if you encounter conflict, keep digging. If somebody wants to quarrel with you, walk away and find another well. If you meet opposition, keep digging. If there's resistance, press through to the other side. God does not bring us around over or under. He brings us through. And so we may have to go through some things. But eventually you will come into wide open spaces where you can finally be fruitful and flourish in your life and in your relationship and in your soul. Your soul can be expanded for God's favor. So when we face those things, when people come against us or circumstances come against us and seem to be getting in the way of God's plans for our lives, keep digging. I can't say this enough. I believe too often we get discouraged. We've dug too well, so I'm done. Well, you can't be done because you need water to live. You need living water for your soul to live. So keep digging. Keep seeking the Lord. Keep pressing into Him. People will come against you. Circumstances will get in the way, but you will go through because God works in us and through us. But we have to keep digging. We have to keep believing. We have to keep trusting. We've got to leave some of those old wells behind. Those were great times. God blessed, but it's a new day and it's a new season. And there are those that will fight for those wells. You can let them go because God's got more. Let me know there's enough water for everyone. There's enough blessing for everyone. It's not just one pie and only so many pieces of the pie. Don't waste your time and energy mulling over what people have said about you or done to you. We give too much time fretting over those things. I can't believe they said that about me or can't believe that happened to me or we're expending way too much energy and 
our strength, and it, you know what? It is causing our soul to constrict. And so we need to let those things go. We need to forgive and move on because it'll tear you down and you will have this great thirst in your soul. We can invest all our energy fighting or save our strength for digging. I'd rather dig. Notice that Isaac moved on. And when he did, he found wide open spaces. Let it go and move on. There's another well of water waiting for you. If it is not well with your soul, then keep digging until you strike water. Keep pressing into the Lord. Keep seeking the Lord. God has in store for you wide open spaces. Would you bow your heads with me today? If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, what a great time of year to do it. As we come into this celebration of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, dying for our sins and rising from the dead to give us eternal life, what a great time to give your life to Jesus. Why don't you do it today if you've never done it? If you've never given control, you've got to give it all up. I'm not going to tell you that it's, it's easy or it won't cost you. It'll cost so much. You've got to surrender all. But remember, His salvation is a free gift. Are you ready to receive that gift today? Start a new life with God's favor and blessing? If that's you... I just invite you to raise your hand today with every head bowed and every eye closed. Anyone in this place, you want to give your life to Jesus? Anyone at all? Amen. We're going to pray. We're going to pray a simple prayer that will make you right with God. You just have to believe it in your heart. And I'm going to ask everyone to pray this prayer. Even if you're already a Christian, let's join with those that are are making this big step in their life for the first time. Would you repeat after me? If you raise your hand or if you're already a believer, just please repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for rising from the dead and giving me eternal life. I know I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Jesus, come into my heart and life and make me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, please let us know. Reach out to us. Send us an email. Give us a call. We want to follow up with you. And if you're here today and you're struggling with some kind of conflict, maybe there's some turmoil in your life. Maybe there's some tension in your family. Maybe there's some strain in your marriage. I want to pray for you today. we got time we got time to pray. Or maybe today you're facing some opposition. You know that you want to do something for God, but something's in the way. You're wanting just to move forward, but something seems to be blocking your path. I want to pray for you this morning. Lord, I pray for those that are struggling with some kind of conflict. Lord, they have to make a decision. Is it worth it? Is it worth the fight? Is it a big enough hill to die on? Or is this one I can just let go? And dig another well. This is not worth it, Lord. I pray you'd bring revelation knowledge. They would see, is it worth it? Because there, there are times where we must take a stand. There are other times, Lord, where you're telling us, just, just walk away. And dig another well. And so I pray for them, Lord. If they're 
there is that tension and that conflict and that strife. Lord, you want us to have peace in our hearts and peace in our marriages and peace in our families. Lord, we want peace in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, sometimes we just have to walk away in order to gain that peace. Sometimes we have to break off a relationship so that we can have your peace. So I pray for wisdom to know the difference. And Lord, I pray for those who are facing opposition, maybe facing an accusation, Lord. Lord, there is hostility or animosity, Lord. Something or someone in the way of what you've called them to do or, or Lord, what they hope to accomplish in their lives. And so, Father, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that instead of fighting back, using fire against fire, they would entrust themselves to you, Lord. Lord, because there may be opposition, but in there, there is opportunity as well. There may be resistance, but there is great reward. And so, Father, I just pray that they would move on like Isaac and dig another well. No need to fight. No need to quarrel. We're just going to dig another well and trust God for the water. In Jesus' name.